Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the segment on four-legged creatures, mice, rats, squirrels, raccoons, good stuff. Welcome to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet. And mice out of your house. Mice out of your home. And, and rats and raccoons and yeah, squirrels. I, I was in, let's just say it was a big box hardware store the other day, and I saw a little mouse scurry across the floor, and I thought, well, it's a hardware store. You kind of expect that. And then like 10 seconds later, there goes another mouse. Right in the store. Right in the store. Really? And they probably have all the supplies to get rid of them right there on the shelves. (laughs) It's only two aisles away. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So we all have them. As a matter of fact, let's start with a personal story. Let's say I know this guy very well. Okay. Yeah. He, He looks a lot like me. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, hmm. Yeah. Mm. And uh, gotcha. he's got my same hairstyle. <laughs> so we moved from point A to point B, upgraded the size of the house. You know, that was all very cool. And as we were doing so, the house wasn't quite finished. Right. But I had this little Mazda truck, and it didn't carry much, so I was trying to make a number of little trips back and forth to avoid making many trips in one day at, right. at some point. So part of what I was bringing over was food, you mm. know, uh, popcorn, chocolate chips, rice. Right, all the things little marshmallows critters would love to have. So I put those in what was going to become the storage area. There was shelves built. Uh, the stuff was, I'm going to say, up probably four or five, six feet high. Hmm. And then I just kept bringing stuff. Then we moved in, and uh, the day came for me to move the washer and dryer from the basement where it had been stored for a month or so. Right. Up into the laundry room. Okay. And as I did that, I hooked it up, and there was this terrible racket. It sounded like a tornado. Really? You know, I immediately stopped this dryer and looked at what was going on. I thought, do we have gravel in here, or what's causing this terrible racket? Right. What was happening is the dryer vent was trying to kick out, I don't know how many, 10 pounds of popcorn, marshmallows. Are you kidding me? Rice, chocolate chips. <laughs> really? Yeah. So the mice had gotten into it and deposited it in their little storage room down right. there? Right. In your dryer? Yeah, my dryer vent was their storage space. <laughs> they were hiding it away from and you. So you can imagine, not only did I have to throw away, of course, all that food because the mice got to it first, but now all this stuff that is being ejected from my dryer is going to contain contaminants, yes. And the dryer is going to be gleefully sending all that stuff into my air. Oh, my word. So we had some work to do on that dryer. Moral of that story is, you know, whether you're moving in or not, if you've got food, it needs to be in a plastic container or something that is mouse-proof. Yeah, we're not talking Ziploc bag here, even though I love those for a lot of things. Yeah, Ziploc. We're talking hard plastic container. Not good enough. So, you know, that reminds me of one of my childhood stories. I told you about how the mice were getting in on the exterior, and so this turned on the evil scientist in me. Right. So what I did is I rigged a mouse trap so that it wouldn't completely close on the mouse, but that it would cause a box to fall on the mouse. 
<laughs> and so then I had a live mouse. And then the first thing that happened is this mouse chewed through a cardboard floor and escaped. Wow. Next time around, the evil scientist in me, because I had a billion albums. Yes. I used an album. The record albums. To see if they could chew through that. <laughs> He chewed through the album cover. He didn't get through the vinyl. <laughs> wow. So now I had a mouse that I could do evil but you scientist trapped, experiments. you trapped them two separate times. I'm impressed with your engineering <laughs> abilities there. I really am. <laughs> then I found out that if you put them in a gallon jug, they basically try to jump and then they kill themselves. And the urine will actually kill them over time. The smell of their own urine. You mean just drop them in an empty gallon jug? Yeah, I managed to get this mouse to go into one of those, yeah, one-gallon jugs. Milk jug? It was glass. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. And then I was feeding him, et cetera, and trying to keep him alive, making my own little evil scientist pet. But he probably didn't have a lot of air circulation yeah, either. Yeah, he didn't. And so, so I tried to take care of that and clean the gallon jug, et cetera, from time to time. But the smell still happened, and he died from his own urine smell. Not oh, a good death. Oh, my goodness. Either that or banging his head as he was jumping. I don't know. Wow. That was your childhood cruelty, I guess. Childhood I'll, I'll forgive cruelty. you for that. <laughs> There's no forgiveness for me. Well, I'll tell you, the time I had to kill a mouse was on the houseboat when it was climbing around in the little cabinets, and the kids saw it, and... All the big boys and the men ran, and I had to grab a <laughs> water ski and slaughter it on the ramp. Because <laughs> I was the only tough one there that day. <laughs> All the boys screamed. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you've got mice, first thing you want to do is identify the entry points in the house. Again, we're trying to eliminate food and shelter. And we talked, you know, with the dryer vent, you know, that's basically food. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to eliminate the food, that's how you do it. Shelter is going to be the entry points. Now, mm. your insulated walls, your insulated attics, those are going to make great shelter. You can't stop them there. You can try and stop them at the entry point. Mm. For one friend of mine, that entry was the garage where the slab had settled just enough to expose some of the framing. And so they got in that way. For my friend Jill, we talked about that. They were getting in through the dryer vent. Quite often, I will see where mice are getting in through the hole that is used for the AC line. Mm. So you have two coolant lines that go to and from the furnace and the AC unit. Right. And one of those is about three quarters inch in diameter. And one of them is about one quarter inch in diameter. And the hole in the house is going to be about two inches in diameter. Mm. So if that is not well sealed, the mice are going to get in that way. Well, and do you recommend silicone for that? I know that I have put still wool around pipes and it's lasted for probably seven years or so. And then it kind of starts to disintegrate or rust or whatever. But the steel wool has worked really good for situations like that as a quick fix, but uh -huh. what do you recommend professionally? Steel wool is a very good choice because they don't like to go through steel wool. Really? Okay. Yeah. Other front door type opportunities to look at, you know, maybe the best thing to do um, silicone seal in those situations? It can work too. Really? Yeah. What are, is there, are there any other options? I think the steel wool is probably the best option. Really? Oh, okay, good. They don't like that. So as you're going around the exterior of the house, you're going to want to look for basically mouse front doors. Mm -hmm. And we'd mentioned the AC unit. Trees can make an excellent pathway. Oh. I did an inspection yesterday where I was talking about, you know, the trees and... You know, you could basically hear the buyers go, well, this is a nice property. This doesn't have mice. And then sure enough, up there in the attic, we had 
quite a collection really? of mice from up really? there. So the trees allow you to get onto the roof if you're a mouse, and then from the roof, you can find a way in. So it kind of causes you to be vulnerable to mice to have your trees yeah. going up over your roof? Yeah. What if they're sort of close to your roof? I just trimmed mine down in the fall and was thinking of you, actually, when I did and tried to make sure, but, but some of the branches do come close to the roof. Yeah, and a mouse is a very good jumper. You know, the one that I trapped that I was telling you about, mm -hmm. part of my evil scientist experiments was to see how high he could jump. Yes. And that one was a very good jumper. I had him in a very deep box. I'm going to say it was at least three feet, mm -hmm. and he almost jumped out of that. Really? Yeah. And I've seen a cat, for example, jump about two to three feet from tree branch to rain gutter and the other way. Really? So if they can do it, you know that other sorts of critters can do it as well. Oh, goodness. I don't know if I'm ready to cut down that tree. It's my prettiest one, but I might have to keep a special eye out on the roof. Yes. You might have to decide between the tree and the mice. Hmm. Don't give me those kind of choices. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to ruin your day, Heidi. So oh, you trees, won't, you won't ruin it, but after all, tomorrow is another day. I may not think about it today. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you got enough mouse uh, pellets in there to take care of it. The trees uh, can be one pathway in. Also, mouse elevators. Now, you talked about uh, using steel wool. A mouse elevator, this is a cool term. I learned this when I was doing prep for writing an article on mice. The, the mouse elevator. I like that. So if you have a home with siding, mm -hmm. they'll side, you know, the front, back sides, et cetera. And then you've got to have something to cover the corners. Right. Those are mouse elevators. Okay. So those, those will little corner usually, pieces. Right. Yeah, the corner molding. Those will go down often within a couple of inches of the soil level. Right. And so a mouse just has to get up into the beginning of that, and then he's up, and he can go into any part of the wall. He can go into the attic. He can go anywhere he wants. That's a mouse elevator. Wow. So you'll want to look at those and uh, make sure those are sealed. The steel wool, well used in a place like that. That helps just clog that end up there. Right. Also, if you have any other gaps, sometimes you'll have gaps maybe in a masonry wall, maybe you've got stucco where you can have gaps between the bottom of the stucco and the foundation that's nearby. Mm, okay. If that makes sense. Quite often there will be about a quarter inch gap. Let me paint this picture for you verbally. You've got this stucco wall. At the bottom of the wall, you have what's called the screed. Mm -hmm. Let's just call it the bottom of the wall. And then that will cover your foundation to some extent, but there is quite often a gap between the back of that stucco wall and the front of the foundation. Oh, wow. And so mice can get in there. Hmm. That's the place you never think to look. And also I will see the homes where they decide to side all the way down, including putting siding over the foundation. Oh, Yes. And as we do that, we've provided a very large front door pathway for mice to go from the soil into the house without even exposing their bodies. Wow, who would have thought that? That just creates a little barrier there for them to right. access. Right. Actually, I shouldn't say a barrier, more of a... Dryer vents, etc. A space, a space, yeah. Yeah, make it a little bit more difficult. I used to work in the rocket motor business, and they talked about having a torturous pathway for leaks to escape. And mm. you want to make it a little bit torturous for the mice to get into the house. Make it more difficult than not. Yes. Yes. So that's how to identify certain entry points. If you go through all of those, you will know 
I want to say completely, but I guess we can't do that. You will know much better about where and how they're getting in, and then you'll be a lot more effective at keeping the critters out of your house. Next segment, we're going to look at, we're going to talk about signs of mice and remediation and other inspection points. And then we're going to dip into some more of our stories. Okay, okay. Should we invite these guys to keep listening? Please do. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I mean, I'm thinking of telling my stories. I'm thinking people might really enjoy hearing it, but I'm not sure I want to tell it. Yeah. Well, you only have to tell it once. (laughs) And you're only telling it to me, right? We're we're in the studio alone. (laughs) That's right. Okay. More information, homemedicusa.com. We'll have uh, discussion groups about this and so many other subjects. And you can post questions. You can get answers. And I'm sure there will be plenty of nature lovers who are ready to argue that mice are awesome and that we should all let them go out. Okay. Finally, unless you're one of those people, be yourself because everybody else... Is fighting their mice. Is fighting their mice. <laughs> this is Julie and McKay with your natural solutions tip for the day. I have seen this essential oil that we're talking about come to the rescue many times, Julie. It's our respiratory blend. It helps in maintaining clear airways and breathing and also supports overall respiratory health. What else is it, Jules? I love it, and it's actually Gar's favorite oil. He actually puts it in his CPAP machine. Keeps us married. (laughs) If you'd like to know more about that, contact us at naturalsolutionsathomedicworld.com.